Welcome back to South of the Line Sports. I'm Austin Wright, your host, alongside Sebastian Jones and Nick Weishar. We've got a packed week of college football coming up this week, and we've got a lot to talk about here. Yes, on the sir. Show. Rivalry weekend. Yes, sir. Rivalry weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, hope you all have a safe holiday. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, a lot of big games coming up. A lot of games to talk about last week, and finally, a uh, a weekend with more than four games, three or four games, it seems like. Had a good slate this weekend with six. Um, yeah, some some close games, some not-so-close games. Um, but overall, a good weekend for the SEC football-wise. Um, and big weekend coming up. And we'll even talk about the college football playoff a little bit. The rankings drop tonight. We're recording this Tuesday night. Sorry for the delay. We've had some technical difficulties. That's also why today our podcast episode will just be um, yours truly alongside Austin and, and Nick, um, we were unable to um, fix our technical difficulties enough to get um, any of the other hosts on this episode. But yeah, we're super excited for this one. Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into our week recap. All right. First game of the day. And I'll be the first to admit, I... And I never thought I'd say this. I was wrong to pick Vanderbilt against the spread the last two weeks. I was wrong. Like, I'll say it. I'll just say, say it. it. Um, say it. You better yeah, say so it. Because uh, who was right for two weeks I don't in a row know how, how on God's green earth you, you knew to pick what looked like possibly the second worst team in college football, on college football in front of Kansas. That's um, fair. Against against the spread, um, the last two weeks because I just I don't think anyone really thought that even though the line was thirty one and a half I don't think anyone Which really is an thought absurd that it was, line by the way it's it is an absurd line yeah. but I mean Vanderbilt didn't have any problem covering it I don't think anyone thought that's it, true it, that really that Vanderbilt was going to keep it as close as they did for the first half I mean they were down they were tied or down a touchdown going to half I can't remember and yeah they were <sighs> up in the end of the first quarter great teams cover absolutely. It was absolutely, absolutely great, great teams Austin, cover. Great, great I'm teams telling you. <laughs> stop saying great teams cover when you're talking about Vanderbilt. Please, please stop saying I'm, great teams cover. Again, when you're about I'm just saying if you okay. bet Vanderbilt on that game, you made a little bit of money. And you're and welcome talk about if I helped covering. you out. <laughs> talk about covering. Either either line you looked at, there are a lot of differing lines for that uh, LSU at, a, at Arkansas game this weekend. Some lines had Arkansas minus one, some had LSU minus one. Some had it at Pickham. Um, Arkansas, the the unfortunate, um, unfortunately had a uh, a couple calls go against them, as it, as it seems like they have all season. I ended up losing a close one at LSU that I think a lot of I think almost all of us picked, or I think all of us did pick Arkansas in this game. Yep. Um, a heartbreaker against LSU, twenty seven twenty four. Um, but Arkansas is still America's team. Let's be honest, guys. At three wins. Fair. I think, of course, if you're if you're Arkansas, you want this one back, um, because any game that's that's three points, you want back. But uh, it's it can only can only get get better and keep getting better for Arkansas. And I'm really impressed with them so far. Um, LSU, good for them, good for LSU. Um, salvaging their dignity a little bit. Um, it's been a really rough season. Yeah, they've they them. haven't been on the uh, smoothest of seasons. No, to say the absolutely least. not. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, that's 
it's a tough game. Um, not a whole lot to say about it. It was really close. Um, but Arkansas, unfortunately, some calls against them or some calls that didn't go their way. But yeah, if if we really want to talk about covering, not only did Bama cover minus thirty, they doubled the spread of minus Double. thirty. Great teams and Austin, the spread. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Austin, you you said that it was gonna be you could you Yeah, took a, I'm gonna have Kentucky to wear the kind of shame for that one. Yeah, hey, but it's like uh, it's tough. You know what? Like hey, you were really I, Vandy, right about Vandy's Vanderbilt. Helping me out here, though. Yeah, so you were really right about <laughs> Vanderbilt the last couple of weeks, but kind of cancels out. Unfortunately, really wrong about. And I don't know. Kentucky averaged 1.8 yards per carry a week after they ran for almost 400 yards. Um, and of course, you're playing Alabama. I don't really think Alabama's defense is as good as it has been this year. Not that it's a bad defense, because it's still a really good defense. Um, but that's just a, an absolutely terrible performance by Kentucky and a great performance by Alabama and opposites attract. And it was an absolute butt whooping in Tuscaloosa. And I was, I was sitting in Jordan Harrell looking up at the jumbotron before the game started and I saw 63 to three. And I thought there has, this has to be a typo. This has to be a typo. There's no way they put up 63 points against another sec team, but Nope. Absolutely huge day. Come on, Mark. What you doing? I mean, what are you I mean, doing? great teams. But great hey, teams, it is Bama, Hey, though. great teams cover. Great teams cover. Kentucky hasn't really um, had too much help on that end. But you know what? I think that's the mark of a great team, though. Um, a gr- great teams beat the teams they should beat by a lot. They don't have those exactly. close games. They don't have right. those close games at all. So I think that's really the mark of a great team. That's right. Um, Nick Saban's just doing what Nick Saban does best. If you're Kentucky, the season just keeps getting worse. Um, you felt like for a while maybe it was trending in your direction. Uh, not recently. Um, the two best teams you've played this this season, you've managed to score a combined six points against them. Be that being uh, Georgia and and Alabama, so that's that's not really um the direction you want to be going. And you'd like to have those games a little bit closer, have a chance for an upset, maybe not against Bama, but against Georgia. Um, but yeah, I mean, even uh, with that one being a fourteen to three game, still they. Yeah, they Still, just couldn't get it done quite at the very three, end of the and, game. So. Right. You only give yeah, up 14 three, points, yeah, but you, you got to score three. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you would have if you would have asked Mark Stoops, hey, if you if you only give up 14 points to Georgia, and I know this is a while back, guys, but if you only give up 14 points to Georgia, do you think you're going to win? I think he would absolutely say yes. He'd say exactly. 10 times out of 10, we're going to win if we give up four, 14 points in any sure. game. So I think Kentucky's offense just really lacks identity. Is lacking quarterback play, um, like lacking, lacking quarterback play. It's pretty much been abysmal at that position this season. But that's I don't want to talk about Kentucky anymore, at least not Kentucky football. Um, if we're talking basketball, that'd be great. It's a great program, but I don't want to talk about Kentucky football anymore. So moving on to what the close one of the closer games of the weekend that really shouldn't have been this close um, if Georgia had come to play, uh, Mississippi State – um, edged out in Athens by Georgia, uh, 31 to 24 and Georgia finally got their quarterback, but it seems like they sold their soul to the devil for the quarterback and gave away their defense. So Mississippi State has looked abysmal this year and then somehow yeah. put up 24 points. In this Athens. game was so somehow really a glimmer of hope for state in this game. I mean, up in the first quarter, three Oh, 
going into the half tied, obviously not good to have 17 points thrown against you right before the end, but you know, they put up a solid effort overall in that whole game. So, I mean, even though the rest of their season hasn't been quite what I'm sure Mike Leach would have wanted it to be, but you know what? It's, there's still a little bit of room to improve, but it's got to be on the defensive end still. I'm just yeah. saying, I've been saying this for a while, for Georgia to play JT Daniels, then he finally got healthy, and he threw for oh, I think everyone's been saying. I think everyone's touchdowns. been saying they want to see JT Daniels. Georgia weirdly could not run the ball against Mississippi State. That um, Less than a yard per right. carry. Less than a half yard per carry, actually. Um, Mississippi State really – Really didn't do much better. I mean, 1.6 yards per carry, but really, in in a lot of stats, kept it closer. Or actually, a lot of the metrics kept it closer. Ended up having more favorable metrics by the end of the game. Um, really, in almost everything except for the yards per pass. I mean, you look at first downs, had two more. Um, 20 to 18. Third down efficiency, basically the same. Seven seven out of 13. Georgia was eight out of 13. Um, and then time of possession. Um, four more minutes uh, of having the ball for Mississippi State. So, really, you'd love to get that win, but I think you're happy with the team, you're, the way your team's going. Um, kind of like um, we said with Arkansas, you're happy, you're happy that your team has, has played that well and, and made it competitive. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really telltale of where these two, the two directions these programs are heading. I think they're maybe – I don't want to get too far ahead of myself – and say that Kirby can't get it done anymore because he obviously can. Um, Georgia has two losses this season. Still, they're still Georgia. But I think maybe Georgia may be heading in the wrong direction at this point. Um, but yet to be determined, we'll see. Um, we'll, see. we'll see. I just, I, it's hard to say with, they're going in the right direction. With this season, everything's a little bit up in the air. Just for it's the hard to say they're going the right COVID. direction with the kind of recruiting classes they've had and mm-hmm. really unable, unable to get the big win. But um, moving on um, to a game I'm sure Austin is really excited about because he took Mizzou minus six and a half in this game. Um, As did I. South Carolina <laughs> at Missouri. Covered um, by the skin of their Missouri. teeth. Missouri wins 17 to 10, wins by seven, covers. Um, great defense for, defensive performance um, by Missouri. Yeah, you know, Nick Bolton really showed out at that game. And i tell you what, though, the winning interception at the very end of the game was obviously what sealed the deal. And just that goes kudos to what Mizzou does on defense. They pride themselves on trying to be able to stop the pass and definitely stopping the run is what they're known for, for sure. But, you know, overall, it got a little bit hairy in the second half for the Tigers, but they found a way to win. That's just Coach Strink's mentality. They always find a way to claw. Great teams cover. Great teams cover. And that too, great teams (laughs) cover. Um, but yeah, a great win, um, for Mizzou. Um, I think a lot of people thought maybe South Carolina coming off the coaching change, interim head coach might be a little bit fired up, uh, come out and get a win, um, in Kelmo, but nope, Missouri pretty much dominated this game. I don't think the game was as close as the score indicated. I think Missouri pretty much dominated, dominated this game from the start. Um, but yeah, it's a great win in Como. And then the last game of the night, um, Tennessee at Auburn um, started out a little bit rough. Started out of R.I.P. Michael. I'm the only one that chose Tennessee. Um, and R.I.P. Austin's Austin's uh, Tennessee plus and a half picks. Uh, Carlson hit about a 50 yarder with a minute and a half left to put that one out of reach. But 
Um, Auburn beats Tennessee at home 30-17. to 17. Um, Being at the game, a couple things I took away. Um, I've watched every Auburn football game for the last two years, and it looked like the playbook and, and the play selection for this game was probably the most lackluster I've ever seen from Auburn. That's not saying a lot because it's it's the Gus Malzahn playbook and and you're it's exotic run formations and all kinds of stuff and running the running the same play twice in a row if you get a first down and it's a running play. But I couldn't figure out for the life of me why I mean certain players weren't getting as much playing time as I thought. Um unfortunately questionable for this game. Um Tank Bigsby and two of Auburn's starting linemen are questionable. So that's that's a big blow, questionable for next week. Um but I couldn't figure out for the life of me why they're not running their full playbook. I mean, you don't see the speed and space. You normally see no no flip plat, flip passes in the flat. Not a, I didn't see any screens at all, which is absolutely crazy from a Gus Malzahn offense. And as the game went on, I realized what the the assumption I've come to I've come to take is that Gus Malzahn was pretty much betting the house that his team was head and shoulders better than Tennessee and he wasn't going to expose his hand too much before rivalry weekend, which I think is kind of that really smart. Oh, that's, that's a really, a really ballsy move. Um, yeah. For, for, for Gus. I mean, we saw what happened in 2018 when Tennessee came in and won at Auburn um, in a game that a lot of people thought they shouldn't have won, but I think good for him um, that he managed to conceal a little bit of the playbook, not show his hand too much. Um, Auburn gets it done 30 to 17. Um, also in a game that wasn't really as close as, as it seems, um, Tennessee scored, Tennessee got shut out basically almost through the last three quarters, um, ended up scoring a touchdown, um, oddly enough when they replaced Garantano with Harrison Bailey, I think a lot of Tennessee faithful were hoping that Harrison Bailey would start this game, but final score 30, 17, um, for the last game of the weekend. Yeah, I think the only bright spark for Tennessee in that game was that Eric Gray rushed for 173 yards. And he's he had been a great super, game, yeah. He'd been super consistent all season for the Vols, but besides that, I mean, Garantano hasn't been what everyone was hoping he would be, and the defense would be lackluster. And all their, besides the one Garantano rushing touchdown, all their drives were just stalling, and especially in the red zone when Garantano threw that pick six and smoke Monday. Took it to the house. What's name in college football, by the way? Smoke Monday. That is a great name <laughs> for college football. Him, Tank Bisbee, um, and Big Cat Brian, best name to college football. But yeah, that's 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 a whole team of, of great. Auburn recruits names. different. Hey, they recruit they recruit the the dudes with the with with hella nicknames out there <laughs> on the plains. But I I agree with you. The one bright spot would be Eric Gray, and then Harrison Bailey. Um, his his one drive, this one full drive. Um, Looks solid. Seven a, for ten, eighty-six yards. Yeah, it was not not bad yeah, at you all. You really can't complain um, about those stats from him. I mean, I um, I honestly would rather see him play when they can next time. Make I, him, I think make him get sure in the rotation more, more play time. He does. I think that's absolutely their future, and I am surprised they haven't just completely bailed on Jared Garantano at this point in the season and said, "Hey, I, we want to get Harrison Bailey more playing time." Um, it seems like Garantano's been there forever, and if he, honestly, if he hasn't got to figure it out by now, um, he's not going to. And I feel like it's time to move on. Um, speaking of moving on, Macy Tennessee move on from their head coach this year. You never know. Um, I think Jeremy Pruitt definitely needs to prove that the team's going the right direction. 
Um, if you're Gus Malzahn and the Auburn Tigers, I think you're happy with the way you've kind of turned the season around. And honestly, I think if if you if you don't have that embarrassing loss at South Carolina, that that definitely just shouldn't have happened. Um, and you play like you've been playing and play closer at Georgia, you're you're pretty happy with how the season's going. Obviously, that South Carolina loss tarnishes the record a little bit, but definitely definitely a team that's going in the right direction. Um, two teams kind of going in opposite directions this season from where they started. But that pretty much wraps up our uh, week recap. So we're going to move on to the power rankings brought to you by your very own Jackson 2, our chief analytics uh, officer for South of the Line. Um, Jackson cannot be on with us tonight, but he sends his best regards and a fresh power rankings. So without further ado, I'm going to start it off how I always started off with Vanderbilt at 14, um, Kentucky 13, 12, Tennessee, 11, South Carolina, 10, Mississippi State, 9, Ole Miss, 8, Arkansas, 7, LSU, 6, Missouri, 5, Auburn, 4, Georgia, 3, Texas A&M, 2, Florida, and 1, Alabama. All right. Is there anything between you two that you see on this list that maybe you would change? I mean, I don't know if I would change it, but, I mean, Florida and Texas A&M basically right now are like a toss-up. You could switch yeah, that super I easily. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I agree a lot of the rankings – a lot of the rankings right now have Texas A&M right above Florida or Florida right above Texas A&M or what maybe. But, I mean, I think I understand why it's put Florida above Texas A&M. It's Texas, A&M. Time. Texas A&M hasn't played in a couple weeks in Florida. Uh, yeah, I absolutely been, agree with that. Right. Florida's just been destroying every team in their path. And, honestly, I think that Texas A&M lost, even though it was only by three, and that was a last-second field goal might have woken them up and that kind of just unleashed like the dogs on defense and unleashed Kyle Trask and that offense. And I mean, I understand why he put RIP Kentucky this week. In, but you can make that argument that Texas a should be above Florida. Absolutely. I think, I think um, Jackson has told me that his main goal for power rankings to make it a lot of, a lot of momentum based. So um, that's fair. So that's that's I understand why he would put Florida at two and Texas A&M at three. And I, I honestly I I do think that if both those teams were to play today at a neutral site, it would be a really close game. And I would, but I would have to get Florida the edge just because of the way just they've for played right recently. Now, yeah, I would have to just get because they've the been playing well. out of yeah, their minds. Um, mm-hmm. But Kyle Trask is playing on a whole different level than everybody else in the league. The only thing I might I might change if it truly is momentum based would be to maybe maybe flip Georgia and Auburn because Georgia's just been narrowly winning every week and they're coming off that embarrassing loss against Florida and then a couple narrow wins um and then this week giving up 24 points to to Missouri or not Missouri uh, Mississippi State rather um I think I would be on the fence about that but I think if you're ranking if you're going to rank it as the best teams in the conference I think that this list is pretty much accurate. I think Georgia every bit is the fourth best team in the conference. But I've really, honestly, this is, this is, this power rankings, this third power rankings he's made for us is probably the one I agree with the most. I mean, this is, 
this is a lot of informed decisions he makes. He explained every single one of them. Um, obviously, I don't think you need to really explain the back three, Tennessee, Kentucky, and, and Vanderbilt, but or really Alabama at number one. Right. But even in yeah. the middle, I mean, I mean, Mizzou gets the bump over LSU at, at six and LSU at seven because Mizzou has the head-to-head win. Um, LSU gets a bump over Arkansas because of their recent head-to-head win. And Arkansas gets the slight bump over Ole Miss because of their head-to-head win. So every every team looks better than the one behind it. Um, but, yeah, that's it's really good power rankings from Jackson. Shout-out, Jackson. Shout-out the boy. No free shout-outs, but free shout-out shout to the boys. If you're one of the boys, big shout-out. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much wraps up our power ranking segment. For a free-for-all today, something we're all really excited about, the South of the Line team came up with our own college football playoff rankings, at least our college football playoff top 10 rankings in light of the, uh, the new college football playoff rankings or the first of the year uh, rankings coming out tonight, uh, Tuesday night. So we're super excited to get that to you guys, um, get our own little take on the college football playoff um, because I think everyone can agree the committee is not perfect. And I think a lot of people disagree with some of the stuff that's been put out there so far. Yeah, for sure. So let's start it off, bringing off what the committee has come up with for this year's first rankings. And number one, shockingly, Alabama. Number two, Notre Dame. Clemson, number three. Ohio State, number four. Number five, Texas A&M. Six, Florida. Seven, Cincinnati. Eight, Northwestern. Nine, Georgia. Ten, Miami. 11, Oklahoma, 12, Indiana, 13, Iowa State, 14, BYU, and number 15, Oregon. That's our We're just going to talk about the 15, guys. Um, uh, We're just going to talk about their uh, college football playoff uh, ranking committee's top 15 because um, let's be honest, guys, I don't don't think anyone thinks any of the teams outside of the top 15 have a legitimate chance at making the college football playoff. Um, yeah, I don't think Coastal Carolina's coming in hot anytime nah, soon at number 20. And I don't so, think so. And Marshall, love Marshall. Um, really don't hey, think they're going to crack. Hey, we are. I don't think they're going to crack the, the top four this year. Um, so a couple things I want to address before we read off our rankings. Um, so one first, how is BYU at number 14? They're beating teams by an average of 28 points. Yes, the only team they've played that's ranked was Boise State. They thumped Boise State, and Boise State was not ranked after the game because of how, be- how bad they got beaten. Um, but George, or BYU at 14 is very disrespectful. I think, honestly, Oregon at 15 is kind of disrespectful just because they're, they're, the, best team in the, they're the best team in the Pac-10. Uh, pac um, or, I mean, Pac-10. Uh, the Pac-12, um, I think that's very disrespectful um, to them, or at least a little disrespectful. I know their sample size is a little bit smaller, but I think to rank them behind um, some two-loss teams like Iowa State, who lost to Louisiana earlier Great. this year. At the very beginning of the season, too. How in any way can you justify putting Iowa State in front of teams like Oregon and, and, um, and BYU – and even Wisconsin, even though they just lost this last week, when they lost to Louisiana, and I will admit that that um, their um, 
their other loss on the year um, to um, who, who? What was their other loss in the year again? Oklahoma State. I'm blanking right now. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State um, doesn't doesn't quite look as look as good as it did when they lost. Now that Oklahoma State just got thumped by Oklahoma. Um, but and oh, they hold up. No, they lost to uh, Oklahoma this year. That was last year. They lost by one point. This year, obviously, Oklahoma taking care of business against those unranked teams, or even in the even in Bedlam. But Oklahoma also in this year's rankings at uh, number 11, um, I think that's honestly pretty accurate for Oklahoma. I, th- I really agree with that. Outside of the outside of the top four, I think these rankings are pretty much there's a lot of there's a lot of debate about these rankings. Um, and disclaimer before we read off our rankings, um, we do not have any two lost teams in our top 10 just because uh, I don't and none of us, think that there's any chance that a two loss team is going to make the playoff this year, especially not with, no, with there's no the shortened sample size. No. Um, we haven't so I'm seen sorry. It come around so far in the college football playoff. And I, hey, it almost happened happen once. Year, it almost happened True. once in 2017 and Auburn dropped the ball in the sec championship game, lost to Georgia. They had, I mean, they had two wins against number one teams that year. And I think if they would have won the sec championship, even with those two losses, would have been pretty much impossible to deny them um, the college football playoff just because they beat Bama and Georgia that year. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that was probably the best case scenario for a two-loss team was 2017. I don't see it happening again. So I'm sorry, Georgia people. Georgia is not in the top ten strictly because they have two losses. If they had, if they didn't have two losses, obviously they would be in the top ten. But I don't think any of us see that possible. So we really looked at the teams we thought had the best chance at making the college football playoff. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, I'm going to read through our rankings and we're going to talk a little bit about why we put the teams where we did. So number one, I don't think anyone is going to be surprised when I say is Alabama. Um, they're, they're far and away the best team this season so far. Um, outside of a close game against Ole Miss that really shouldn't have been that close and I think ended up being 14 so it wasn't even that close um for the final score um they pretty much trashed everyone um beat Texas A&M 52 to 24 just beat Kentucky 63 63 to 3 last week um barring any unforeseen difficulties they're going to make it to the SEC championship and then they have an interesting matchup against probably Florida um which I think is going to be really cool to see two great offenses go at it. But I don't think anyone's surprised that we have Bama at number one. Nope. No, certainly not. I mean, Bama just keeps on rolling this year. I mean, there's pretty much no stopping them on both sides of the ball, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And that defense has really come on since the beginning of the season. Since that For Ole Miss sure. game, that defense has flipped the switch and they've been playing – and it's kind really of rare to say that a defense has been pretty good. Yeah, see, in this season rare, of all seasons, it's for rare sure. to yeah. say. It's rare to say that any Nick Saban team is has defense as their as their weaker side of the ball. I think the last yeah. few years we've seen it kind of change, but the hallmark of these great Alabama teams has been defense. So the fact that they're that's what they have to work on, and that's normally what their strength has been. It's really everything's really looking good for the Crimson Tide this year. Um, Moving on to number two, I don't think anyone's really surprised it's going to be Notre Dame. Um, undefeated, they beat Clemson at home, even though Clemson was missing Trevor Lawrence, I know, 
everyone always chirping about that. But let's be honest. Um, DJ Uyagalele would have started. Yeah, I see how I got that name right there, guys. There we go. <laughs> Solid. Humble brag. Humble brag. Have to stop. Hey, I have been practicing. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I feel like he would have started at probably every other school outside of like 10 in the country. I feel like For there's sure. maybe maybe 10, 10 programs, maybe less, that wouldn't have had them as their starter, even though he is a true freshman. So that's – I don't really buy into that. I think Notre Dame played really well, and I think they almost – gave the game away but um i think the fact that they're undefeated they have they haven't really played a whole lot of close games barring a weird game um against louisville um earlier in the season um to yeah. a pair of business against boston college everyone thought that that might be an upset there in chestnut hill but it was close for a second but it was close for a second but but you know um pretty pretty much there in the an easy win for yeah. the irish but i think i think that's pretty self-explanatory that they're they're number two. Um, number three, so this is where we deviate first from the committee's rankings. Um, we did go ahead and give Ohio State the nod over Clemson for one reason, because they're undefeated. And we personally feel like Ohio State's win against Indiana is a little bit better than Clemson's win against Miami. And since it happened, Clemson's win against Miami happened so long ago. And the fact that Clemson has been having to postpone or cancel a lot of their recent games we went ahead and gave Ohio State the nod over Clemson at number three um Ohio State except for this weekend um Joseph Fields has been phenomenal and they pretty much destroyed everyone they've played um again a small sample size but they look just based on the eye test Ohio State looks really good I mean so does Clemson but Clemson does have that one loss against a very good team so it was hard but we went get we went ahead and put Ohio State at three and Clemson at four. Yeah, I mean, you could toss that up too. But, I mean, Ohio State's still undefeated. They're still the kings of the Big Ten until somebody proves otherwise and mans up and beats them. I don't see that happening this season or, honestly, for a while. And, I mean, Clemson does have the one loss against Notre Dame. And, I mean, it's – it's not even like a bad loss. Like it's a, it's a, still it's probably a gonna, double overtime, one touchdown loss to the number two team in the country. Like they're still without gonna, your starting quarterback. It's Clemson is still Clemson. We're that's not to take anything away from Clemson. Yeah, like Clemson's right. still gonna see Notre Dame in the ACC championship game, and they're gonna have Trevor Lawrence. So like we're gonna see how good Clemson truly is against Notre Dame, and as well as Notre Dame, see how good they fight. truly are too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, You'll see if Notre Dame's um, for real or not. Um, and that'll be on, neutral site, too. Is, oh, yeah. Neutral site game um, so, definitely will play an impact. Yeah. I think even if even in South Bend with limited capacity is is better for Notre Dame than, than neutral site, even with the smaller crowd. Um, moving on, we stayed the same as the committee with number five and six. I think everyone could pretty much understand that that's Texas A&M and Florida. Now, a lot of people were calling for – Florida to be ahead of Texas A&M. And while I get that because to an extent because Florida's been playing so well recently, um, Texas A&M did win the head-to-head matchup earlier this year, even if it was a good bit earlier this year. Um, and it was um, in uh, in uh, Kyle Field at, at a College Station. Um, so, but I think there's no way you could take away that head-to-head win um, and not credit it 
for Texas A&M. So Texas A&M at five and Florida at six. Yeah, it's weird, though, because I think Florida's chances of getting into the college football playoffs are better than Texas are, A&M's. They're, they're way higher, and that's because Texas A&M yeah, just, doesn't control their own fate at this point because they exactly. they have already lost to Bama. And as long as Alabama doesn't lose two more games before the SEC championship, two right? more, because, yeah. yeah, yeah, as long the as Alabama two. doesn't win or doesn't lose two their last two games, which are yeah. – at home against Auburn, which isn't an easy game. The Iron Bowl is never an easy game. But no. it really it's looking like Alabama should should win that game handedly. Right. Um, and then I'm forgetting who they play last this year. It's, I'm barking on it. Arkansas. Arkansas, you're right. And they play in Fayetteville, correct? Correct. So that's, again, not, uh, uh, everyone Love loves Arkansas. Arkansas but... but Everyone loves Arkansas, but that's, that's a 30-point <laughs> game. Um, yeah. So – Unless something crazy happens and half of Alabama's team gets COVID, but they can't cancel the game for some reason and they have to play their second string guys, but then they get hurt and their th- third string guys play, they're going to go undefeated this year until the SEC championship. Exactly. And even with the loss to Florida in the SEC championship, I don't think you can give AM the nod over Alabama. So, no, A&M, just for the fact that unfortunately, they them. unfortunately, AM is getting kind of screwed here. Yeah, and, like, and then Florida. Florida's SEC champion, so you can't give right. Texas A&M the nod over Florida. Um, so it's it's a tough situation for A&M. I would love to see an 18 playoff for this reason, but that's for another day. Um, Agreed. That's for another day. That's a whole conversation for another day. <laughs> Moving on to number seven, um, we also stayed the same as the committee here. We went ahead with Cincinnati at seven, just because of their sheer dominance so far this year. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. First um, non-Power 5 team we have on a ranking. Um, yeah, it's they've looked really good this season. And I really hate the fact that they're fingers, fingers crossed or knock on wood because I don't want to jinx anything um, and make our predictions wrong or make our rankings not as accurate. But it's really a shame that they're not going to make the playoff this year, most likely not going to, because this is a really good team. And I think everyone would love to see a non-Power 5 team yeah. play in the playoff again. Right. And teams from the American, they're always just right about there. They're almost they're there. Al- it's almost like a sixth power conference. It really is. It's really they close. They like to call years. themselves the Power Six. They do. Mm-hmm. They so even had, like, I think it was one year ago or two years ago, that they had helmet decals calling themselves the Power Six. And they're mm-hmm. always, I mean, yeah. but it's true. They always are right about there. Really, yeah, really yeah. disappointed that I won't get to see them. I'm not going to lie. I think Cincinnati's quarterback, Desmond Ritter, is probably the Best quarterback, no one's talking about really. Yeah, I think he's, he's been having he, re- I think he season. really struggled. He really struggled at the beginning of the season, but he's really come on. And you can, I've just just watching briefly some of their games. He's dropping the ball in the windows that not really anyone outside of that front running Heisman candidates are are doing mm-hmm. right now. And it's he's having a really good, a really good back end of back end of the season. So I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, number eight. Another non-Power 5 team um, that we feel like is ridiculously disrespected in this year's college football playoff rankings, uh, BYU. BYU doesn't have the strength of schedule of a lot of these other teams. But like we said, great teams win. Great teams cover. Great teams win the games they should by a lot. They blow out the teams they should, and they beat the teams that are, that are, that are good, and they, people feel like might upset them. They don't play any close games, and BYU hasn't played any close games. 
They've won every game by an average well, 28 points. They did win against UTSA by only seven, but still. The rest that's, of the games, besides that one, obviously. Besides that, absolutely besides that game, which, <clears throat> which is, I don't think, I think that's kind of understandable in seven points. Is, that game was a little bit farther than seven points. Um, BYU pretty much dominated right. in every statistical category. But, yeah, they're um, blowing out teams. Oh, for sure. And, and for all the people chirping BYU, saying that they're not brave enough or they're, they're chickening out of scheduling Pac-12 teams like Washington – the Pac-12 has some ridiculous rules on scheduling out-of-conference teams, like some absolute ridiculous rules. So this is not on BYU. Um, they, I, also, I, I completely I, understand that. I also heard that before uh, COVID caused teams to switch their schedules to conference only or limited their the teams they could play against, I heard that BYU had a good amount of Power 5 teams scheduled to play against and I don't, I don't know what teams those are, but well, the obviously people, the Holy War can't happen this year. Um, right, can't play Utah, which is an absolute loss for everyone who watches college football. Yeah, but, so yeah, BYU I, did go out of their way to schedule multiple games against Power Five teams, and I, even though I don't know what teams those were, that's those still would have been quality wins because unless they were like Alabama, or Clemson, or Ohio State, or whatever, they probably would have beaten those teams. I Interestingly, think that's what BYU is. I mean, sadly enough for BYU, um, they only have one game scheduled for the rest of the season, which I'm blanking yeah. on. But I did San see Diego that State. San Diego State. Um, there we go. Um, I did see interestingly enough though, and that's this weekend, right? San Diego State is this weekend. That's not till December twelfth. Uh, December yeah, 12th. December twelfth. Oh, so they have a they have a good break. Um, mm-hmm. but I did see that um, Cincinnati and BYU both have. The week, the um, the day of December fifth, open, the day in which a lot of other conferences are playing, and I know it's probably a a very very small chance that they schedule something, but I think that would be great. Both of these teams need something to put them over the edge and get them considered for the playoff. Both teams undefeated, pretty much destroyed everyone they've played. I think it would be a really good matchup, um, but yeah, I don't I think mean, it's going to happen, sadly. Yeah, you, I mean, you would love, love to see, to see like their quarterback Zach Wilson with all the numbers that he's Wilson putting up. Like when they played against a Heisman B- candidate, put yeah, some respect I mean, when on they played Zach against Wilson. Boise State, he put up 359 yards. He went 21 of 27 on their passing. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous in any that's, league. Honestly. And and Boise State's not a bad team either. They were ranked in that no. game. Exactly. Um, they're not a bad team. Boise State is a legitimate program that's better than a lot of Power Five programs. Um. But uh, it's really sad that BYU isn't going to get a chance to prove themselves on a on a larger stage. But we've got them at eight because of um, because of the fact that their strength of schedule just really isn't high enough. But they absolutely passed the eye test. Um, they absolutely passed the eye test to be considered a top team. Now we had BYU at eight. Um, obviously, that means um, Northwestern got bumped back um, because of. Uh, because Northwestern's number eight in the committee's rankings. Um, so I feel like Northwestern was the first team that maybe caused a little bit of turmoil for people looking at this ranking just because they they beat Wisconsin, but Wisconsin isn't very proven. Um, Wisconsin has wins over Illinois and an absolutely terrible Michigan team. Um, who almost lost to Rutgers this past weekend. Who almost should have lost to Rutgers. Yeah, they should have. I was, I was rooting Rutgers, for Rutgers. 
Rutgers is the Arkansas of the Big Ten. Everyone's rooting for Rutgers. Yeah, they're trying. Um, they're trying. They're trying to root for Rutgers. They're making an effort. It's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie, but um, yeah. So I don't. I think a lot of people were a little bit confused of why Northwestern was so high, even though they had beat Wisconsin, just because Wisconsin didn't really have any good wins um, so far, and Northwestern had really narrowly beaten Purdue, 27 to 20, and then only beat Wisconsin 17 to 10. Off their offense doesn't look great, but it's an undefeated team. It's the favorite to win the Big Ten West. It's the team most likely to play Alabama in the Big Ten Championship. Um, Wisconsin is ineligible for the Big Ten Championship now, so they can't even play if they wanted to because they had to cancel their game against Minnesota. So it's going to be Northwestern unless Iowa can can pull out something ridiculous or – I don't see that happening. I, I don't see anyone else. I'm not sure they I can't even think of anyone else. Maybe Purdue – if Northwestern somehow I mean, Iowa already has games. two losses, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I mean Purdue. There's no room for it. If if Purdue runs the table, which I don't think they will, um, because they've got a matchup um, against Indiana later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they run the table, I guess if Purdue runs the table, Northwestern loses two games, then Northwestern would get bumped out. But Northwestern is clearly the favorite to represent the Big Ten West. So we went ahead and put them at nine, and that's that's one move that I can really understand from the committee just because the Big Ten is, is playing football. Um, they started earlier than maybe the, uh, than maybe the um, Pac-12 did, um, or, and, and Oregon. Unfortunately, we kept Oregon out of our rankings too, um, although I really had a hard time keeping them out. Yeah, the only reason is because of their – their narrow win over against against a bad UCLA team um, last weekend. But we went ahead and put Northwestern at number nine. And I love Northwestern. I love their coach, Patrick Gerald. I think he's a great coach. But I think Northwestern – Fighting Reese Davises. I, I think Northwestern's only Reese chance Davises. to have a conversation to get in the playoffs is beating Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, it certainly will would be a tough test for them to have to do that, but I, I I would love to see them in the Big Ten championship game and just put up a good fight. Like, I mean, who who doesn't want to see they Ohio did that State go to, the, go to the wire? Right. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely love do it that again. too. I would absolutely love to see that. Um, so number ten on our list is probably the one that's going to cause the most turmoil, at least among our among our listeners. Um, and we had a really hard time. So some honorable mentions for our list um we did briefly debate georgia i'm not gonna lie we briefly talked about putting georgia in the rankings just because of just because of the brand um just because of how big the georgia brand is and because of how strong they looked at some points this season but i think with two losses it's not really realistic to see them in the playoff this year so they're going to fall outside of our top 10 we talked about oklahoma but oklahoma also with two losses I'm sorry, a two-loss conference champion doesn't doesn't make the playoff, especially if there's undefeated conference champions in, in three other conferences. Um, I'm sorry, it's it's not going to happen. Um, and then Iowa State. I don't know how Iowa State was 13. Super disrespectful. I'm not sure how they can the explain that one either. Nope. I don't understand how that can be explained. Um, and then really – uh, Miami was the one that we were really right on the fence 
putting in, um, putting in that 10th spot. But because Miami doesn't ha- – their best win is against the 4-4 four and four Virginia Tech. Um, they got blown out by Clemson, the best team they played. If they would have kept it close out, I had no problem putting them in this 10th spot. But because they got blown out, because they don't have any wins, um, and they they played some close games that shouldn't have been very close, because um, that Virginia Tech game was was right down to the wire. It was a last second. It was a last second stop by Miami's defense. Um, we didn't end up putting Miami inside the in our top 10. Um, but yeah, those are the teams that were right there, and I'm pretty sure now you guys can have figured out who we put at number 10. Yes, we, the three of us unanimously agreed that Indiana, the Indiana Hoosiers, I think, I think there's a chance, if I remember right, they're statistically the worst college football program or Power 5 college football program in history. But the Indiana Hoosiers are going to make an appearance at number 10 in our college football playoff rankings. And how how could they, how could they not? I mean, even though they, they might be statistically a little bit not quite as up to par as maybe some of the other teams, but I mean, when you look at the play from Michael Penix, how can you not just like Incredible. the play that they're doing it? Four hundred ninety-one yards against Ohio State—that's amazing. Ed, that's, that's amazing. That's really, amazing. you have to take every you have to take that with a grain of salt five because they had negative five rushing yards. True. Right. They, had, they had some negative rushing yards in that game. A terrible interception was turned for a pick six. But I think, really, Indiana also had two fumbles in that game, um, mm-hmm. both with ended, both both which ended up being points for Ohio State. So I think the fact oh, – I'm sorry, Ohio State didn't win that game. Indiana lost that game. The fact that Indiana they had did. to come back in that game at all was shocking exactly. because they – Indiana right. played they a pretty terrible second Ohio and third State quarter. 14 to 0, yeah. And yeah. so I think – I think if Indiana pretty much dropped the ball in those second and third quarters and then still almost managed to find a way to fight back in that game. So that was absolutely incredible. Um, and I know a lot of people might say, well, they don't, they haven't really beat anyone that good. Um, they lost like that Ohio state game really wasn't that close. They just had to come back, but they had a shot to win at the end of that game um, on a Hail Mary pass. Um, they had a chance to drive the ball. They had two possessions at the end of the game. They could have, technically scored a touchdown on ended up having to punt and then and then just throw a Hail Mary which was incomplete but um I think they've they've beat the teams they should beat by a lot um great teams great teams beat the teams they should beat by a lot great teams cover um they pretty much trashed trashed um Rutgers except for that Penn State game which they were pretty big dogs in um and I think that was the first game of the year, so there's a little bit of a pass. They've trashed everyone. They've they've beat they beat Rutgers by 16. They beat Michigan by 17. They beat they shut out Michigan State at Michigan State, which it's I know it's Michigan State, but to shut out anyone is is pretty great. By 24 um, at that too. Yeah, yeah. T- 24 to zero. Um, so I think they, by virtue of no other teams being good enough for us to feel comfortable putting them in the playoff, um. Or the in the top ten, they're going to get the nod, and that's not that we think they could potentially be in the college football playoff because they would need an absolute miracle. They'd need Ohio State exactly. to lose two games, and then they'd have to beat Northwestern, and the eight, even lot. then, even then, mm-hmm. they're a one loss conference champion, and we've seen one loss conference champions not make it into the college football playoff. So, 
that I don't think there's a there's realistically a way that they get in, but it's fun. It's fun to to watch the Indiana Hoosiers. They're a fun team to watch, and right. I would love to see them in a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah, be, to keep this momentum awesome. rolling, I would love to see them in that one. Of those I would bowls. I would love to see that too. I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, an absolute basketball school, um, just turning their football program around. Tom Mallis done a great job, but that pretty much wraps up our. Um, college football playoff rankings. We're going to update our rankings um, every every week along with the college football playoff committee. So you guys stay tuned for this segment. It's going to be probably a little bit shorter. Um, it's not going to be in our free for all segment like it was today, but we wanted to go in depth kind of and explain our first rankings. We've got another exciting weekly pick them. And I'm sorry, again, it's only going to be the three of us for this pick them, uh, but we will, we will be posting a graphic later this week or be releasing the rest of the team's um, picks in some ways. So stay tuned for that. But for the three of us, we're going to go ahead and, and kick off our pick em with Kentucky at Florida. Obviously, Arkansas versus, or versus Mizzou um, was canceled. That was also in that early slot. But starting off in the early slot is Kentucky at Florida. The line, Kentucky at number six, Florida. The line is four to minus 23 and a half. The over under is um, 57 and a half. For me in this game, I think I'm going to have to go with Florida, obviously getting a big win, but 23 and a half is a little bit too much for me, but I Ooh. think that Florida's hey, barely going to get out. I think hey, Florida's I barely going to get take, I thought you were about to take no, 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 not again. I'm not, not Kentucky in a row. Kentucky's – they burned me last week. I don't think I can do and, uh, two weeks in a row think, of heartbreak. What do you think about that over-under at 57 and a half? Uh, for the over-under, I think I have to go on the over on that one. Okay. Cause just because really of Florida's do. offense? Yeah, just because of the way Kyle Trask has been playing this year. I mean, I just think that they can put up the numbers that they need to. I mean, last week against Vandy, him putting up 383 yards, and he's got three touchdowns to his name. Nothing wrong with that. Of course, of course. All right, what about you, Nick? Um, yeah, I'm going to take Florida, and I'm going to take that 23-and-a-half, especially after Kentucky's abysmal offensive performance against Alabama. I mean, that's also Alabama. But, I mean, so scoring only three points was embarrassing, to say the least. And, obviously, Florida's hitting all cylinders and rolling – and I know that Vandy obviously made it a closer game than people thought they would have. But, I mean, I'm still going to take that 23-and-a-half for Florida. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and also take Florida money line, of course. And then I'm going to take the minus 23-and-a-half solely because of how bad Kentucky's been against the spread this year. Um, dear God, just try not to get doubled on the spread this week, Kentucky. Um, Don't do it again. So I'm definitely going to take Florida minus 23 and a half. And I'm going to hammer the over just because – I'm going to hammer the over just because of Florida. I think Kentucky's offense mm-hmm. is terrible. But I think I think Florida puts up 50 and Kentucky will score 10 points. Um, moving on to our, our primetime slot, and in my opinion, the best rivalry in college football, I mean, at least the SEC's primetime slot, the 230 slot, um, SEC on CBS – um, the Iron Bowl. It's number 22, Auburn, at number one, Bama. The line is Bama minus 24. The over-under set at 60 and a half. All right. 
the Iron Bowl, always a big game. But Bama, I think they are going to come out on top pretty handily. They're, but I don't think they're, they're going to come out that 24 that points. Good. I don't think that's too much. I think Auburn's going to be able to cover that one just because that game is always just a showcase. It's always it's a almost fun game always to watch. competitive. It's always almost competitive. Right. It's almost always competitive no matter how good the teams are. You're and I do right. think I'm going to hammer the over on that one. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Austin. I think Alabama's going to win, but I think Auburn has too much pride in them to let them lose by 24. I think it's going to be a really close game. I mean, it's obviously the Iron Bowl, and that puts a lot more emphasis on this game. And so I still have Alabama winning, but it's probably going to be one of Alabama's tougher game, maybe their toughest game of the season, maybe strictly because just as the Iron Bowl. I don't know, but I think Auburn's going to keep it really close, and I think it's going to be high scoring. I think I think they take that over. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys taking um, like a Bama money line for sure. It's just just if it was if this was in Jordan Hare, I'd have a hard time picking against Auburn just because it seems the home team in the series almost all always wins. Auburn hasn't won in in Bryant Denny since 2010. Um, in the year they won the national championship. Um, and it seems like it's pretty much – you can pretty much give the game to the home team as long as as long as long both teams are ranked. Um, or as long as one the home team is ranked, you can pretty much give it to the home team. But I, I was really on the fence because I think the spread is – as insulted I am as an Auburn fan, I think this, this spread is actually pretty accurate um, just based on how the teams have played. But I am going to take Auburn plus 24. Um, I think it's just slightly too much. I think this game is close to three quarters, but I think Alabama is they're, – they're that good. Their offense is that good, um, and especially with the, poten- with the potential that Tank Bigsby doesn't play in this, in this game. Um, I think it'll – I think it's going to be just a little bit too much. And, and I made the mistake of thinking that the Iron Bowl was going to be pretty low scoring last year, as it is in a lot of years. Um, a lot of these two teams pride themselves on defense, and – and Auburn obviously last year had a, was a completely had, different story. Had what I think was yeah. the best best defense in the country last year, but uh, obviously, obviously, don't shouldn't have taken the shouldn't have taken the under last year, and I'm glad I didn't. But because there were what 93 combined points in that game, Auburn ended up taking it 48-45. But I'm gonna hammer right. that over just because just because of last year, just because I think these I think Alabama's stronger on offense than they are defense, and I think. Auburn's going to find a way to put up points if they have Tank Bigsby in the game. But moving on to the Egg Bowl, um, one state over. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Sebastian. You forgot about my Missouri Tigers playing Vanderbilt at home. Hold up. Hold up. We're going to talk about that last because it was rescheduled. I got to go ahead and mention. I'll also mention now that um, Tennessee at Vanderbilt was was canceled as well. Um, but we well, we can talk about that last because it was rescheduled. We can give you a whole time slot to talk about it on your own. No worries. I didn't forget. I've got them down here at the bottom of the list. Did not forget about about your Missouri Tigers and the loss they're going to take against Vanderbilt. No, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But but we are going to move move Man. on to the Egg Bowl. Um, it's always competitive um, in a similar fashion. Competitive in a similar fashion to to the uh, Iron Bowl, but it's Mississippi State this year is playing um, at Ole Miss. Um, the line is Ole Miss minus nine and a half. The over/under is sixty-six and a half. Ooh, this this game 
is making me think a lot. It really is. I, I'm not excited for this. My game. gut says lie. that Ole Miss will win, but their defense is atrocious. Atrocious. But Mississippi State's, offense, Mississippi so State's offense is that bad. Yeah, so. yeah. Mike, Mike Leach's air raid offense really hasn't been quite living up to its name. Well, but he doesn't have just, his guys in there. Come on, Austin. Right, I know, I know. And especially this season is just a little wild because of COVID. But I, I am going to go with Ole Miss – uh, winning this game outright. I do think that State's going to be able to cover that spread, and you got to hammer the over. I don't care how high the over-under is on that one. I'm going the over. 66 Just for the half. fact that – yes. Just for the fact that these defenses are awful. They're that bad. That's yes, fair. That's fair. What about you, Nick? Um, I'm going to go with Ole Miss, and I'm going to take that – Nine and a half for them because I really do like the connection between Matt Corral and Elijah Moore, who has been putting up insane stats at the receiver position for Ole Miss. Um, I think he could easily go for 200 receiving yards or two touchdowns against Mississippi State's dreadful defense. I think that's that honestly might be even like a little like demean to say less to see to say what he could do to that Mississippi State defense but I mean I'm gonna take that 60s I'm gonna take the over honestly just because Ole Miss could probably score 50 and they honestly might and you're taking Ole Miss minus nine and a half correct correct I think Matt Corral's too much for that I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead and also take Ole Miss at home um as much as I would love to take Mississippi State because I love when this game's competitive um Uh, Mississippi State's offense is Mississippi State's offense is so bad. That's fair. That's fair. Mississippi State is on an uptake. Ole Miss coming off um, a couple weeks of of no games, Um, but I'm going to take Ole Miss outright. I'm going to take them minus nine and a half. I am, however, going to take the under just because I don't think Mississippi State's going to score that many points. I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a pretty big blowout. I think I think also it's a it's rivalry weekend, so the defenses are going to be flying around for every game, well at least as much as they can for Mississippi State and and Ole Miss. But um, I'm going to go ahead and take the under, even though I love to hammer the over. I'm going to take the under. But moving on to to a game um, later that night, uh, LSU at number five, Texas A&M. The line is Texas A&M minus 14. The over under is 62 and a half. For this game, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Texas A&M just for the fact that LSU's defense can't really do much of anything, and I, I just I really like the way that Kalamon's been playing this season, and I think that he has just been pretty much the cornerstone of that offense for Texas A&M, and I think that through him they're gonna be able to win. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the over on that game just for the fact that y'all remember what happened last time was. These oh, yeah. two teams are in uh, college Seventy-four, seventy-two. Right? Yep. High score Seven game in over, college football history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, great, that's who that's I've got point. in this game. All right, what about you, Nick? Yeah, I'm going to take Texas A&M, too. Um, I mean, that LSU defense still isn't good, even though they might have won last week against Arkansas, and they only let Arkansas score 24 points. I mean, this is Texas A&M, number five team in the country with Kellen Maud and with Spiller, the running back who's been playing really well. I think he's had a great day. 
against this LSU defense. I'm going to take the minus 14 for Texas A&M and I'll also take the over. All right. So I'm going to take Texas A&M money line for obvious reasons, number five team in the country. I'm going to shock everyone here and I'm going to take LSU plus 14 for the sole reason that they're trending in the right direction and A&M oh, yeah. was, was, and A&M was idle last week. I know what A&M did to South Carolina, but LSU did the same thing to South Carolina. They boat raced them. Um, so I think that's, True. that's a fair comparison. They both, they both pretty much whooped up on South Carolina and that's Texas A&M's real outstanding result um, from the last few weeks. Um, really the only result they've had from the last few weeks. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take LSU plus 14, and then I'm going to take the over just because I think these teams are going to score a lot of points. I think LSU is finally starting to find an, an identity offensively a little bit, um, even though they do have some pretty lackluster quarterback play. I think they do somehow find a way to score points and keep it within 14 points, but I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to take the over and I am going to take A&M outright. But moving on to moving on to another game that night. Um uh number 13 Georgia at South Carolina. The line is Georgia minus 21 and a half. The over under is only 48 and a half. See, now this is an interesting game. Just for that the line fact is that pretty South- interesting. Yes, yes it is. I'm going to get Georgia on money line, but I'm going to have South Carolina covering in this game. They played really well against Mizzou in the end. They didn't start out well at all. Their so defense they, wasn't they found bad at all. Right, yeah. They that's kept not Mizzou a bad, Bay for the that's whole not a bad second Mizzou half. offense at all. Right, right. Yeah, they kept Mizzou's offense at bay the whole second half. So, I think that South Carolina could do the same. And Mississippi State played pretty well against Georgia. So, I think South Carolina can do the same. But the over-under has me a little bit tripped up. And I think I'm probably going to have to go with the under on this one. Ooh, the under 48 and a half, a bold take. What about you, Nick? I'm going to say Georgia's going to win. And JT Daniels, I think, has another stellar performance. He rides off the success he had last week against Mississippi State. And I'm going to take Georgia 21 and a half on the sole factor that JT Daniels has another big day against that South Carolina defense. But I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to put up that many points against Georgia's defense, so I'll take the under. All right. You know what? I'm going to take Georgia outright, obviously, but give me South Carolina plus 21 and a half. Give me the over. There's no – I see any line at 48 and a half, and it's not mm-hmm. – it doesn't involve one of the service academies. I'm taking yes. the over. Yeah. I am taking uh, that. Over, that over under has me conflicted as well. 48, really and a, 48 and a half, but to have the over under at 48 so low, 48 and a half, and then have Georgia 21 and a half point favorite is crazy to me. Too. They're almost yeah. favored by half the spread. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty crazy to me, but I am going to take Georgia outright, SC plus 21 and a half, and the over. And then moving on to our the first rescheduled game or the first new game for this season that we weren't expecting to have. Um, first game that got rescheduled, kind of throw in, thrown in at the last thing that we've got to talk about so far um, this season. Um, is, a, is an earlier slot game where you are talking about it lasso because of, because it got rescheduled, got put on um, put on the docket um, later than the other games. Vanderbilt at Mizzou. The line is Mizzou minus 16 and a half. The over under is 53 and a half. Austin? 
Oh, Missouri, fair Missouri. How will you play this weekend? I have no idea how they're going to do, especially showing up to South Carolina and the offense sputtered that much in the second half. I don't know. I don't know if 16 points is going to be enough for them to cover, but I do like them just for the fact that Vandy has just not been that great this year. I, I don't trust the Doors defense enough, so I'm going to go with Missouri 16. It pains me to say it after the way they played against South Carolina, but I think they can do it. Um, I'm definitely going to go with the over in that game as well, just since Ken Seals, he's been playing really well overall. He has, definitely. What about you, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Mizzou's obviously going to win this game. Uh, that line, though, that line, that's a tough it's one. It's tricky. It's, it's a tricky one because Vanderbilt covered against Florida. Hey, they Vanderbilt have. covered against Kentucky too. Wrong in the past uh, few weeks. I hate to say it. Do they cover for a third week in a row though? Uh, I think they do. I think Vandy covers for some reason for a third week in a row. I don't know why, but I think I think they're going to cover. But I mean, do you like the over that under? I, I like that over because Seals has been playing really well. For Vanderbilt, even though obviously hasn't been producing wins, he's been playing solid games, and he's been having he's been him and Cameron Johnson have really been getting on the same same level and been really clicking lately. And Henry Brooks has been playing a couple has been had a couple solid games recently, and obviously that Mizzou. Offense, I think he's going to have a good day against that Vandy defense, so I'm going to take that over. All right. Um, do you guys do you guys know, based on my previous picks, I don't like to stray at all. I don't like to stray at all, like, for spreads. Like, if it's a big spread, if it's more than, like, five or six or seven at the most, I'm, I'm taking the favor just because I like to play it safe. Give me Vanderbilt with their first win of the year. No oh caps, wow. no no considerations. They've wow. been so close the last couple weeks. They've been so close. And Mizzou just had a, a, a pretty bad showing against a pretty bad South Carolina team. Pretty bad and neither of these teams knew they were playing each other until yesterday. That's they didn't true. know they were going to play this Saturday until yesterday. And I think, I think Vanderbilt is so close, and they're so hungry for that first win. And Ken Seals is only getting better that – I, and I, I, I hate to do this to you, Austin. I'm going to take Vanderbilt for the first one of the year in a shootout, in an absolute shootout. I'm hammering that over at 53.5. This game's going to be a shootout. Vanderbilt, first one of the year. And Vanderbilt, please don't get blown out and make me look stupid. Please, please, <laughs> please don't get blown out and make me look stupid because I'm, I'm putting my faith in Vanderbilt for the first time this better season. better hope Nick Bolton picked, doesn't have I a day Vanderbilt, on 10 seals. I picked Vanderbilt to, to not cover Every single week. Every single week I've picked them to not cover. And now I'm not only picking you, them to cover the 16 and a half, I'm picking them to win outright. So Vanderbilt, please, if you can hear me, please, please, please don't make me look stupid. But that pretty much wraps it up for our week 10 picks. We're going to move on to our final segment of, of the episode, which is going to be our hot take segment. And, I mean, you guys have already heard my, my hot take. Um, that's a pretty hot take. That's a pretty hot take. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Austin for his. 
it was a very spicy steak. For me this week, I was having a little bit of trouble thinking what my hot take would be. I understand that because the lines are so the lines are so yes, big. I mean, the lines, the smallest line yeah, is nine. These and a lines half. are very confusing. They really are. They make you think a lot about it. But one on the lighter side, I don't think any Ole Miss players are going to be peeing in the end zone like a dog this year. I don't think so against Mississippi State. I don't think so would, either. That will be a show three years in a row. Yeah. But <laughs> that's uh, that's my kind of half hot take for this week. I don't think it's any, it's any Ole Miss players going to be peeing. Yeah, a little teaser, but uh, for the Auburn Alabama game, ooh, the Iron I Bowl. think interesting for me when I'm looking at this game and I look at how Auburn has been playing this season, I don't really know how I trust Bo Nix. That's really. fair, especially on the road. Especially on the road. Especially on the road. I don't think that he's going to be throwing for more than 150 yards in this game. Okay. That's my take. Less than 150 yards? Mm-hmm. That's, Less than that's a pretty 150 hot take. Yards. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty hot take because I think he threw for, um, if I'm not mistaken, 220 against Tennessee. For, yeah, for th- 220 against Tennessee. Of course, a lot of those coming on a 63 yard touchdown to Anthony Schwartz, but they sure. really didn't run. They really did throw the ball a lot in the, in the closing, in the closing uh, seconds or closing minutes of that game. So, so yeah, that's a pretty hot take. What about you, Nick? I'm going to go back to the Egg Bowl and say I would say first to 60 wins, but I don't think Mississippi State's going to get up to 60. But Ole Miss very well could, and while doing that, Elijah Moore is going to go over 250 receiving yards. Okay, so you think Ole Miss is going to put up 60 on Mississippi State and Elijah Moore is going to have 250? Yes. How many touchdowns? Two, three? Say three. All right, that's a pretty hot take. For anyone to have 250 yards and three touchdowns is a hot take. And you guys already know my hot take. You just heard it on the weekly pick Um, Yes, yes, you heard right. No, you don't need to go get your ears checked. I did pick Vanderbilt to win a football game. Not talking about baseball. I'm talking about football. I picked them to win. Um, so please roast me when they get blown out. Um, please, fans. please roast me. Come at yeah. at, at all the Mizzou people, roast me so bad when Vanderbilt gets blown out. And Vanderbilt, if fan. you don't, Mizzou fan. if I you will. don't get blown out, Vanderbilt, it's because I picked you. It's because I picked you. Just know that I gave you this win. But that pretty much wraps up this episode, um, guys. Remember, subscribe, rate five stars, um, and while you're at it, pull out that phone that you spend way too much time on. That I always tell you, you spend way too much time on because you know you do. And go ahead no, to that Instagram icon. You know, tap on it. Tap on that rainbow camera icon and go follow us at South of the Line Sports. All one, all one tag. Um, no capitals, no symbols, no any no anything. None, none of that fancy stuff. All one line. Same thing on Twitter. And then the Twitter handle is capital S, then all one all one, south of the line one. Um and then go check out our website at southofthelinesports.com and go to our contact section, um, contact us, um, leave some mail in our mailbox, um, let us know what you think, um, shoot us a DM on, on Instagram or Twitter, um, let us know what you think, let us know if you have any hot takes or what you think of the show. We love the feedback. We absolutely love it. And if you know anyone or you are an athlete that want, who wants to come on the podcast, please reach out. 
Um, we'd love to, we'd love to hear back from all the fans, but thank you so much guys for tuning in to our week 10 roundup. Y'all have a safe holiday.